Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. It's Valentine's Day, and we've been talking a lot about L O V E, love. It's more than love at first sight. And about our romantic dream that love will last forever. You're mine. And we belong together. But sometimes eternity is a little too long. Nan Bauer Maglin and Dan Hood are co-editors of the new book, Gray Love, stories about dating and new relationships after 60. And they know that love changes and evolves. The love you had in your 20s and 30s is likely to be pretty different from the love you settle into in your 60s and beyond. Janae Pierre spoke to Nan and Dan last week about the good loving we can make as we grow older and wiser. So you two are dating, right? Yes. Go ahead and tell me how you two met. We met on Match. I think if I could count right, he was about the ninth person I encountered on Match. And I was doing another book at the time. I asked him to help me with the footnotes. He was so good at that that I asked him to be my co-editor for Grey Love. And I agreed. The book is split into two parts. Could you tell me about those two parts? Part one is about looking for love, especially online, but it's not all online, but it's about do I want to date? How do you date when you're over 60? What are the issues? What does it mean to date 10 people, 20 people, 30 people? How does it feel when you're dumped or ghosted, as they say? And it just really follows men and women in their experiences with with dating and looking for connection of some sort. And part two is about people who have found a partner. And then what are the issues for older relationships that are that are different than younger relationships? And how did the idea of this book come up in the first place? Well, I do books on issues that bother me. And I assume, therefore, if it bothers me, it bothers other people. So I just, anytime I have an issue, I figure, let's get a group of people together and have them write about their experiences. I didn't want a how-to book, although a lot of the stories give you how-to. I wanted to get a sense of the complications of people's experiences. So after my husband died, and it was about a year later, I went on match and I figured, you know, I'm 75. I don't know what I'm doing. Do other people know? And what does it feel like? And how do you do it? And should I meet somebody? And so that's what prompted me to bring together 45 people to write about their experiences. Because I really wanted to hear other voices. Several women in these essays said they were having the best sex of their lives now that they're older. Can you tell me about why you think this came up over and over again? I'll let Dan talk. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm not. I'm not really sure. I'm the one to talk about this since it was since it was women in the book who largely said this. But at at that age, you're often released from a lot of practical responsibilities that you have when you're younger, first married, having children, having jobs. Your lives are busier. There's more anxiety. When you're retired, your life is somewhat freer. There are other problems, but at least you have time. And with a new relationship, I'm not really sure how to how to describe this, but there isn't the backlog of of difficulties that it sometimes takes <clears throat> to shape a marriage. And so you feel freer and more open to talk about what's happening to you. You also have issues like aging bodies. It's difficult to present yourself as a as a stud or whatever the whatever the opposite of that is. Uh, because it's simply not possible anymore for most of us anyways. So you have to talk about those issues. You have to explain what you can do, and what you can't do, as well as what you'd like to do. So in many ways, you're freer to talk about it, to make it work, and therefore to enjoy it. For a lot of the women in the book, one of the issues was their bodies. So, you know, at 60, at 70, at 80, what do you wear when you're going to date? Do you show somebody that you had a mastectomy, lots of aches and pains? But if you can deal with that, and if the partner is open with that, I think that that's what makes good sex. Mm -hmm. There are lots of different kinds of people and couples in this book. Talk to us about all the diverse voices you guys chose to add to the book. Well, we tried to get a distribution of men and women. That's one of the reasons why I wanted Dan to be the editor. I thought if he was there, men would write. Although it's very hard for men to talk personally. To talk, period. Right, Nan? Yes, yes, yes. And also, so men have to admit then, if they're going to write about this, that they have a wider choice than women. And, you know... They can date people 20 years younger. Women are much more confined. So I think men didn't know how to write or what to write. And also men find it, I would say, I'm making a generalization, easier to go online and find somebody. So not many men wrote, but the men that wrote were very touching. And several of them actually said that they didn't want to find anybody, that they wanted to be alone. They wanted friends, but they really didn't want to replace their former partner. A lot of the people in the book are widows or divorce. And, but in terms of the distribution, the range of people writing, there are men and women, there are people throughout mostly the United States, different religions, different ethnicities. The one thing that's not different, it's hard to find working class people to write about, to write for a book. All right, let's take a quick pause right here. And we'll be back with more of Janae Pierre's conversation with Dan and Nan in just a moment. Carnegie Hall has welcomed a dizzying array of performers. To have Andy Kaufman, Frank Zappa, and Birkett Nielsen and Horowitz on the same stage, it becomes this kaleidoscope of our history. I'm Jessica Vosk. Join me for the new podcast, If This Hall Could Talk. It's all about our unique cultural history, as witnessed by one of New York's most beloved institutions, Carnegie Hall. Listen now, wherever you get podcasts. 
Thanks for sticking with us on The Takeaway. I'm Melissa Harris-Perry. We're back with more of our conversation between Nan Bauer-Maglin and Dan Hood, co-editors of the new book, Gray Love, stories about dating and new relationships after 60. Last week, they sat down with Janae Pierre. Why do you think that people of your generation are kind of left out when it comes to dating? Well, there's a, there's a definite bias in, in the United States and, and maybe in the Western world in general. They're considered no longer useful in the, in the workforce. They are considered to be diminishing in many ways, their skills, their intelligence, their usefulness. And they are in several ways just shunted aside as no practical use for for the culture or the country. And as such, people also consider old folks like us to be devoid of desire and devoid of passion, just sort of waiting to pass on to the next life. So when they write about love and dating and those kinds of relationships, we easily get left out. We're not considered uh, fit or capable of those sorts of, of feelings or relationships. Nan, you wrote one of the essays in Gray Love. It's called A Cozy Crowded Bed. Go ahead and tell us about that story. I will. I also wrote another essay in that. I'm the only one that has two essays. The other one is called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Oh, tell us about both of them. The Close Encounters is in part one, and it talks about the first five dates I had with five different men and how essentially terrible they were. <laughs> oh, gosh. Were these men that you met on Match? Yes. I met them online. So I wrote about them that and I was about to give up after about five, six, but friends urged me to continue. So I actually didn't did. And as I said, I met Dan on the ninth date. But there are people in the book that did 150 dates or over 20 years. And then there are people who did three dates, different dates online and gave up. So I wrote about my first five dates. Cozy Crowded Bed is a very short piece. I The New York Times had uh, has a column called Tiny Love Stories, and you have to write something 100 words or less. And that was a big challenge. It was fun. And so I wrote one, and I sent it in, and it got published, and then I put it in my book. And it's about how, and this is very common for older dates, older couples. It was about how you have a history you know, you have a long history and you bring that to the relationship. And some people get very angry that you want to talk about your husband and your wife. But my piece, Cozy Crowded Bed, sort of supports that. Well, you since you had a history, since you had a marriage, talk about it. Let the person, the dead person, as it were, in the bed. And so when I got together with Dan, he brought his wife Linda into the bed, and I brought my husband Chris into the bed. So it was oh, yeah. it was a bit crowded, but it was cozy. It was cozy. Oh my goodness, that's great. Well, Dan, with all that you've heard and all that you know, I wonder what your favorite essay is. That is not a setup. Actually, the the first essay, which is sort of a prelude, Approach, by Cynthia McKay. McVeigh. McVeigh. I'm sorry. Approaching sixty. Approaching sixty. I need a little help from my co-editor here. I love it. It, first of all, it's very well written, and it it explains in in many ways what it means to be sixty. Even though she wrote it approaching sixty, she's now sixty. 
or, or or beyond and it just it just captured the entire experience in a way that made sense to me she writes about the difficulties of being alone and there's a quote i love about what what is it like to fall off a ladder no one's there she also writes that why should she at this age why should you compromise what what does it mean to merge two households you know and all the one's habits and and give up your own lifestyle it's a question i don't think it has to be that way and i we see in the book that a lot of people don't merge households we're not 20 we're not going to build have children a lot of people do living apart together it's called lat they live near each other but they don't and they don't see each other all the time and they don't have to merge their households or their families what they're doing is having an adult relationship so i have lots of favorites of course because <laughs> they're all my children but there's one that i think is really amazing it's called matchmaker matchmaker and two people in the book two different articles talk about using a matchmaker and so people might consider it because both these women found men found partners but the matchmaker, matchmaker, this matchmaker takes over your, the entire process, pretends that you are, that she is you. And you don't even, you don't go online. She goes online. She writes back to whoever answers. I find that very, <laughs> very amazing, very weird. Yeah. And she only lets you in when you're absolutely going to start talking to the person that you're dating. Obviously, something like that takes money so you know you have to have money to hire a matchmaker yeah if that was possible for me i be i'd be married by now <laughs> <laughs> so but before we let you go this is the big question does love get easier as you get older i think it gets easier and harder both you know i think as dan said that you have much more time and you're more relaxed. Like, I'm not worried about, you know, my academic stuff anymore. So I think it gets easier because you can enjoy yourself more and you're not worried. But I think it gets harder, especially about illness, disability and illness. So when you meet somebody at 20 or 30, you're not thinking about, well, they're going to die tomorrow. However, when you meet an older person, you have to decide how well is this person will this person get very sick and what's my responsibility it's an there's a lot of ethical questions about meeting somebody older and i know a lot of women do not want to be caretakers i watched my husband die i don't want to go through that again but however if you're gonna have going to have a relationship at an older age especially you know i'm 81 now you have to accept that you're going to face the death of the partner or yourself. And usually, unfortunately, men die earlier. So you have to face that. So that's that's a that's very heavy. Yeah. On the other side of that, health issues give you a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and new words to understand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nan Bauer Maglin and Daniel Hood editors of Grey Love, stories about dating and new relationships after 60. Nan, Dan, thanks so much. Thank you. So Thank pleasure. you.